Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieboff. Joining me today is my colleague and friend, Anthony DeBundo. BJ Cunningham is still out on paternity leave. Uh, Anthony, let's start this midweek Premier League slate. It's a huge one. Uh, we have two relegation battles, a top four must win, a title race game, and then we've got, you know, Leicester versus Chelsea uh, sprinkled in there, too. Um, we'll start with Newcastle and Arsenal on Monday, though. Um, let's set this one up. Newcastle has nothing to play for. They're at home, plus 340. Arsenal on the road, minus 125 favorites. The draw, plus 295. Here's how this sets up for Arsenal. Uh, they're trailing Spurs by two points in the race for top four. Arsenal's at 66 points with the game in hand. That is this game uh, against Newcastle. Spurs, 68 points, and they have North City in their final match. Arsenal has Everton. I do think if um, I had to pick here, I think... Newcastle will end up being the value side just because you're going to be paying a premium to bet Arsenal in a must-win situation. We've talked about this ad nauseum down the stretch here that bookmakers will overcompensate uh, for teams like Arsenal where they're in a must-win situation, especially against teams that are on the beach like Newcastle. So I'm looking towards Newcastle here. I'll probably bet them, uh, I think maybe for the second time all season. But uh, it's not one that I would say the numbers will really show, you know, the, the matchup numbers, I should say, will, will really show value. But just the price will. Yeah, you know, I had hoped we get a little more Arsenal steam than we have. Once Spurs won on Sunday uh, and once Spurs won the Derby on Thursday, which, you know, I'll save the gloating for when BJ comes back, but he will be hearing from me on this podcast, hopefully before the end of the season. And I will mention the Derby, especially if we get top four. It was a glorious day to be a fan of Tottenham. But the market is still pretty much in line with where I am. I have Arsenal minus 115. I'm definitely not playing Arsenal here. I agree with you on that. If I had to play it, it would probably be Newcastle. And I also probably lean a little toward the under because I'm still not quite buying this Arsenal attack. When they haven't been gifted chances, they haven't created a ton and relying on Eddie Nketiah to continue his good run of form, given his history, just seems like a bet that I'm not willing to make. And so if you take Nketiah's shots out of this team, you're just not left with a ton. Uh, it's a lot of reliance on Martinelli and Saka, who are players I'm particularly high on. But again, there are some defensive question marks as well for Arsenal. Rob Holding is suspended for this match. We don't know if Gabriel is going to be able to make it. Arteta did not seem confident. He said tomorrow will be the day we have better answers. And he said that today. So Monday we'll know. And that doesn't make me feel great about a Monday night match. And Newcastle defensively, like the main reason they had their good run was because they weren't conceding any goals. They were pretty fortunate at 1.1 goals, or excuse me, 1.01 goals conceded from 1.3 expected allowed. So they ran pretty well defensively to get the results they were getting, squeaking out a lot of 1-0 type wins, 2-1 type wins. They have been pressuring better. I think a lot of that has to do with Joe Linton coming into midfield. So that gives me some hope that they can kind of disrupt what 
Arsenal wants to do. And they were third lowest in passes per defensive action in the first half. Now they're 11th in the league. So they've made a pretty considerable improvement there. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm probably going to end up passing here and, and rooting for the Magpies to get a result and get Spurs in the driver's seat. Uh, that's a 3 p.m. kickoff on Monday. We'll now fast forward to Tuesday, uh, 3 p.m. kickoff, uh, excuse me, 2.45 p.m. kickoff Eastern time between Southampton plus 6.50 at home, hosting Liverpool minus 2.45. The draw here is plus 4.25. It did look like the title race was basically over last week. Then City had a, a minor slip up, I mean, a major slip up by just getting a draw against West Ham. Uh, over the weekend. So the door is slightly cracked open here for Liverpool. They must win uh, at Southampton to get uh, to keep the pressure on city heading into the last weekend. City's minus 1000 to win the title. Liverpool plus 650. Liverpool's 86 points city, 90 points. It's going to be really tough for Liverpool to make up the goal differential. However, if there is a team to do it against, it would be saints, right? Like we've seen this team lose nine, nothing two years on the bounce. We've, we've seen them just ship goals in some games um, so I wouldn't say that the goal differential is completely out of range for Liverpool, but they would need something extraordinary here. That makes me think that an alt total could be in play just because of the way that these teams both want to play. Saints is uh, Saints have just not been good for a while, basically since they clinched their safety, which did actually look a little dubious for a couple of days here uh, as they've been stuck on 40 points for a while. And then you got the Liverpool fatigue factor, which we've talked about a hundred times. And they just played the FA Cup final, which went 120 minutes on Saturday. They, they won on penalties against Chelsea. So there's a lot of different balls in the air here. I think the number on Saints is way too short, plus 650 uh, on the three-way money line. I was hoping to get like nine to one, uh, not going to come. So I'm going to be passing here, uh, but I could see this one just being six nothing or something uh, and or Liverpool at least carrying the over by themselves. Yeah, you know, what you said about the matchup is interesting. Liverpool and, and Saints are first and second in high turnovers forced per match. So they're both very good at forcing those turnovers. And that's, you know, from the, the pressing styles that Hassan Hudo and Klopp are notorious for. I'm not sure how much goal difference really matters here, because if you think about it, it pretty much comes down to either City drop points this weekend and Liverpool can win out and win the title or City wins this weekend and Liverpool can't really win the title. It would have been a little different if City had lost today because then they're tied on points and goal difference decides it in theory. But now it's not really the case. So I'm not sure that they're going to run up the score and I'm not sure they're capable of it. I mean, they look dead. And you, you saw it kind of on Van Dyke's face after the 90 minutes against Chelsea. That was a very physical match. Saints did not play. They also didn't play in the midweek last week. So they've had some time off now, whereas Liverpool have been playing all these matches. And if you look at Saints when they played some of the bigger sides, I know people will point to the 5-0 drubbing or 6-0 drubbing at Chelsea, but they played pretty well defensively. And I think their attack has really struggled. If you, if you look at some of the numbers, they got a result against City in both matches. They only created 0.4 in the first meeting, one in the second meeting. They only created 0.4 against Spurs in the draw with them. They only created 0.6 non-penalty in the first Chelsea game and then 0.5 in the second. So they weren't creating a lot of the chances against these bigger sides. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that when you press against better teams, they're just not going to give you the ball and give you as many high turnovers, even in the win against Arsenal, I think it was 0.7 XG. So their attack has not been very effective when they haven't been able to force high turnovers and set pieces. They don't get as many when they play the big team. So you can't exploit the Ward Prowse hack, you know, so uh, I, I lean toward, I like the under here, I should say, 
I, I played the under at minus 120 at three and a half. I'm going to be a little contrarian because I think the narrative is going to be like everyone's going to say Liverpool's running up the score. I'm not sure they're capable of it right now and they're on the road. And so I think Saints will give a good effort here. It is the last home match of the season. You typically will see teams give uh, a good go at it and not quite be quite on, you know, on holiday as, as you see some teams put in some dreadful performances. So I do think we'll get Southampton's best effort, chance to spoil Liverpool's title. Uh, and like I said, their attack just hasn't been great against the big sides. And I don't think they're going to create a ton. Liverpool probably go for a more controlled victory type performance here. I think Liverpool have uh, saints and on Tuesday, then Wolverhampton at home uh, city four points ahead. Like I said, they have Aston Villa at home. Uh, so Steven Gerrard will try to get his club a, uh, a title somehow uh, from afar. The title he never won with them as a player. Thursday now, Everton, they're even money against Crystal Palace at home. This is basically the same kind of thing we saw against Brentford, right? Uh, Palace plus 275. The draw here is plus 250. Everton off a 3-2 loss to Brentford in uh, a game that featured not one, but two straight reds for the Toffees. I think they were a little unlucky with some, some VAR stuff that went against them. Um, which ended up leading to actually to one of the red cards directly. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, it was, um, you know, they, they came uh, unspooled. So uh, not the type of performance you want to see. And now of the three teams fighting in the relegation battle, you'd rather be Everton right there at 36 points with two games. They're fine. Left. They're 30. They're not. To quote BJ. They they're are fine. very, they are not fine yet. They have 36 points uh, with two games left. Both of them are really tough games, right? Crystal Palace is a, really good team and then they play away at arsenal um so they'll be a big underdog on that one leads they do have a tricky one against brentford on the road and then burnley have villa and newcastle they play villa in the midweek and then newcastle uh, on the weekend i do think uh you know similarly to what we said about the brentford match like this is this match is just everton's going to be inflated if you're going to want to play everton you're going to be playing a bad number we're never going to judge anyone for doing you know for betting whatever you want um but you're just going to know going into it that you're betting into a, uh, a must win tax here. They also have some, some injury issues again, you know, they went a couple of weeks where they, they had a relatively strong side, but now Michael Keane missed out through illness. Yuri Mina's hurt again. So that's already two center backs, a third center back, Jared Branthwaite picked up one of the red cards. So that's three center backs and Ben Godfrey, four center backs. He's also uh, doubtful or at the very least questionable uh, for this game. And then Fabian Delph is who's, you know, they're, only strong defensive midfielder basically he's also injured so it's just a real real mess here and this is why i'm saying they're not fine because if they drop points to palace like there is a good chance they're going to need to get a result at arsenal um or else they'll need brentford to do them a favor or brentford or, or newcastle and you know that's just not what you want so boy um like i said i don't think there's much betting value on the match i i would just say that uh like i said pray for everton because this thing's this is not not done yet it's certainly not done. Uh, but again, Leeds and Burnley both have to win one match or it's over. So if Leeds don't beat Brentford, Everton will stay up. If Burnley don't win one of their last two matches, Everton will stay up. If Everton gets any result, they will stay up. So a lot of things need to go against Everton for them to be relegated. And that's why they're plus 750 to be relegated. I mean, the odds are that they're not going down. And you look at it right now, Leeds are plus 185 at Brentford. Talk about attacks. They were just plus 185 at home against Brighton. Now they're plus 185 at Brentford. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, and Arsenal are minus 190 against Everton. So Everton is going to be catching a goal on Sunday. Uh, that'll be interesting. We'll get into that on the Thursday pod. But for this match, 
how do you, 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 you got to play palace, right? Like I'm playing palace. I already played them, uh, put it in the app Sunday morning, pretty much as soon as the second red card happened, I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Like this clearly is going to be a big match. Everton's still inflated and they lost Solomon Rondon and they may have lost Dominic Catloon. I didn't hear a post-match report on him, but he was hobbling around at the end of the match. You mentioned Fabian Delph. I thought he was pretty important when he was playing. And I thought he gave them some semblance of a midfield that they didn't have today. Now they, now you have to be careful with, the t- with today's game, because to be honest, I, like, I was on the wrong side for the first 20 minutes like that. Like Everton were playing well. They were dominating the match. They had scored a goal. It was a little fluky, but like they scored a goal, deserved to be ahead. And then the red card happens. And as a better, like I hate red cards because they let us, they ruin any kind of information we can take from a match. And so I pretty much toss out most of that. The only thing interesting is maybe the set piece defense being really bad, but Palace is not going to really exploit that. With that being said, I think Palace dominates the midfield here. And that's what they've done against the other mid-table sides. They dominated the Villa today. They were the much better side in that match. They controlled the play and their defense is just stellar. So I don't see Everton breaking through here, given their injury situation, their midfield issues of ball winning are going to be a major problem in transition uh, defensively. So I think Palace has plenty of success here and gets a result. And again, like we talked about this coming into Sunday, like a draw is a good result for Everton. It is. And, and that gets them to, that gets them to 37. Ahead of, that gets them to 37. Three points ahead of Burnley. Of Bur- yeah. But that, but Burnley can catch, I think Burnley will catch them on goal difference if they win. So, right. So that, I guess, that, yes, they could, but, but, but again, so a draw, a draw, is, a draw puts them for sure uh, would need just a draw on the final day to stay up. Right. And, uh, but a draw, it's just not, I don't know. Like, of course they're going to be pushing for the winner, but it's more important for Everton not to lose than it is for them to win. In my opinion. I think if you switch Burnley and Leeds, yes. Uh, I mean, because Leeds can't, can't catch them on goal differential. So the fact that Burnley is the team that's get, that, that if Everton draws, that Burnley would be three points behind them kind of negates that. So they, they, that's why I'm a little more nervous than I was. Like if, if Leeds hadn't picked up that, that 92nd minute equalizer today, yes, a draw basically ensures safety. But now you need two points uh, from two games. One of them, you'll be a big underdog. Um, so you got to do it on, on home, at home and just make that uh, Arsenal match a, you know, a, vict- a victory lap. Maybe, maybe Everton will get a lap of honor around the em- Emirates for, for, for staying up if, if, uh, if they do so. Um, like you said, though, they, they are uh, plus 650 uh, is the, the lowest I saw. Burnley plus 160 to go down. Leeds minus 135. So that tells you that it's less, uh, you know, more likely than not that Everton stays up. Yeah, uh, I'm rooting against both Everton and Burnley on, uh, on Thursday to set up a great Sunday. Sorry, but it, uh, also I bet on Palace. But I think, uh, you know, when you look at it, Go look around the leagues this weekend. All these teams that were juiced up that needed to win to avoid relegation, blah, 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 didn't do that well. I mean, Alaves was crazy overpriced, went to Levante, who was already relegated, lost 2-1. Now they're done. Stadere, uh, excuse me, San Etienne, a team I've been betting on a lot of France this year, faded them. They were crazy overvalued against Reims, lost uh, at home to a team that had nothing to play for. These teams are bad. And so don't assume, don't buy into this motivation stuff uh, and don't assume that a bad team is just going to become good because it's convenient to do so at the end of the season to get enough points and remember that even the Everton good performances were mostly even games against Chelsea and Leicester where Pickford was really good and they got a couple of bounces so I'm, I'm just and that was with Delph yeah and I think he's and Mina. been the biggest and, lo- and, Mina. And, and, Mina. and I think they're big losses right for, and has no depth so, so this is yeah, why give, I'm, me the, give me the palace boys this is why I'm saying that. that they're not they're not 
okay. They're, they're not this, safe, but they're fine. They're not fine. Um, if they lose right, and then Burnley wins, now they're they're in trouble on Sunday. I mean, they're they're in trouble. Okay, let's talk about that Burnley match. Uh, Villa plus one hundred five, hosting Burnley plus two sixty five. The draw here is plus two forty. Conspiracy theory, if you want, Steven Gerrard tells his boys to lay down and let Burnley win to try to relegate his rival Everton, uh, and then tries to get them up for the the city match uh, to to keep. Liverpool's title hopes alive. So that's that's a conspiracy theory, but let's not get too too deep into that. Yeah, I think uh, if you look like this 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 match from once again from a betting perspective, I kind of like the draw a little bit. Like I think Burnley, for example, like they a draw is a good result for them because that would tie them with leads on points, and Burnley has a far far superior goal differential. So one point for Burnley is actually a massive massive result. I could see them playing for the nil-nil here, like going full Burnley, park the bus against a, a team that isn't going to really create a lot offensively. So why not, right? Like, why not take that approach? I wouldn't I wouldn't blame Mike Jackson for, for, for setting the team up incredibly conservatively on the road at, at Aston Villa and just putting the onus on Villa to, to create, which they don't do, do all that well. So um, I actually think the draw here plus 240 is well worth it. Yeah, I, I certainly could see the argument there and I see the angle and I don't bet draws too often, but this is one game where you're like, okay, it kind of suits them to draw. And they did just play last week, uh, which is kind of interesting. You don't get that very often in the, in the prem. We've only had that one other time or two other times this year. Yeah, Leicester uh, with, and Everton did it. Leicester and Everton and then Chelsea Brighton right. way back in January. Um, I don't think a ton changes from that game. You know, I leaned Villa in that match. I thought the number wasn't showing enough respect to Villa for me to play it. I still feel the same way. Because yes, Burnley do only need a point, and they defended pretty well today against Spurs. Why aren't they getting the bump in the market that everybody else seems to be getting? All of a sudden, Everton's going to start playing better. All these other European teams are going to buck up and you know be overvalued. But Burnley hasn't seen that. I mean, I had them undervalued today against Spurs. They covered and deserved the cover, I thought. Uh, and you go back to the midweek again, not not being juiced up in the market at all when you look at their their numbers. So certainly been interesting. But I'm, I'm overall, I'm probably going to end up passing here, although I don't hate the shot on the draw because, yeah. like you said, Burnley, a draw is a great result for Burnley here. Yeah. And, 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 and Villa, Villa, their Villa. performance today suggests that they're kind of thinking about the beaches. <laughs> they were pretty flat today. Yeah. They're, uh, they're the perfect opponent, I think, in the entire league if you're looking for a draw if in this situation, right? Yeah. Like, and if, I think, I think, it, you know, all their eggs are probably in Sunday. Yeah, exactly. It's you like know, a look spot. Spoil the title, but right. I don't think they're. I mean, it's at home too. Like, so we're trying to like nitpick, you know, motivational stuff, and and I mean, whatever. It's part of uh, what we do here, especially this time of year. But you know, it's at home, so they're not going to just like lay lay down and, and no play out no. a and and, and for, for the record, like I do show a tiny bit of value on Villa. I've got the minus one fifteen here, so like I do make them a favorite, but I'm not I'm not betting them. Um, the other. Premier League match in the midweek is also on Thursday. Chelsea minus two sixty five against Leicester City eight to one. The draw here is plus three seventy. Uh, talk about you know I just said before talking about Newcastle. I don't think I bet on them really at all this season. I don't don't really think I bet Leicester maybe twice this entire year. I kind of like them eight to one. It's a spot play. Uh, this is a team that they've been bad. Um, they've been lucky. However, they're going to Chelsea to take on a team that just played an FA Cup final and lost in a shootout two weeks prior to that they got, or three weeks, whatever it was prior to that, they got eliminated from um, the Champions League in, in kind of heartbreaking fashion 
so this is this is another team that's just played a ton of soccer. Their spot in third place is is completely secured. Um, and they just there's nothing for Chelsea to play for here. They got a couple of players who have already indicated that they'll be playing elsewhere next season. It's just it's just a sleepy, sleepy spot. And I know it's at home, but this is one, this is a good one for Leicester. It's you're still playing Chelsea, you're still playing the champions of Europe, the reigning champions of Europe. Uh, so this is one that I think that Leicester will be up for. And at eight to one against a team that I think is in a terrible spot is is well worth um, you know I'll pay eight to one to find out if if Chelsea's up for this one. Yeah, I'm probably going to end up passing here. I would actually lean toward Chelsea or, or the over if I had to play it. I mean, Leicester today against Watford was they won five one, but like look at the box score. They got fewer shots. The XG was pretty much even. Conceded 1.7 expected goals to Watford. And we talked about Watford. I mean, that team was really, really bad. It was without Saar, without Dennis. Um, so a really bad Watford team who managed, what was it, six shots in the midweek against Everton, looked like they could have scored two or three today. And so that's a major red flag. And Leicester, like, we can say what we want about this team. They never have improved at all defensively. And Chelsea ran all over them in the first meeting. And I just think it's a it's a midfield mismatch. Leicester's defense is not improved, and and the issues that Le- you know the goals that Leicester scored today, a lot of it came off of having way too much time on the ball in the midfield because Watford played a, a pretty bad midfield of guys who were not Premier League caliber midfielders. If we're being honest, uh, no disrespect to Sissoko besides him, uh, and then was just letting Vardy run in behind unchecked. And I don't think that's going to happen against Chelsea. They do still need a result. If they were to lose. Spurs, Arsenal win. They still haven't secured top four yet. So you you kind of, I mean, you know, they're, they're probably still going to get there. But uh, I, I think both teams could could open this game up and this could go back and forth. The Chelsea defense continues to, to be very questionable. They benefited from not having to play an 11-man side when Leeds got another early red card. And then they looked pretty vulnerable against Liverpool and, and you worry about them being flat here. So I... And passing, but if I had to bet it, I would look toward the over or toward Chelsea, uh, just because I'm not like Leicester keeps getting a few results here and there to like maintain this thing that they're like the eighth or ninth best team in the league, but they're they're really not when you look at their underlying numbers, not even close. Yeah, I think uh, you know you and BJ, especially because you model games, like you're you're never going to find uh, value on Leicester. Um, so, like I said, this is a completely just a, a spot play with Chelsea. I think BJ's short... even lower than I am because be, yeah. there was a couple of times I bet them, but even he maybe against Liverpool. I know I bet him once or twice against Liverpool. Uh, and then trying to remember if there was any other spot, not since early, early in the season before we uh, realized they were bad. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with, before we get to our favorite bet for the midweek, we'll start talk about the Europa league final on Wednesday between Frankfurt uh, out of Germany and Rangers out of Scotland, uh, Frankfurt plus plus one thirty, Rangers plus two ten, the draw plus two forty. A reminder, once again, if you're betting the three-way money line and the teams go to extra time, uh, the draw wins. If you bet you know, Rangers or Frankfurt on the three-way money line, you lose your bet. Uh, I'll turn this one over to you. Uh, what do you think here between – What I mean, this is why the Europa League always cracks everybody up towards the end of the year. Frankfurt and Rang- Rangers, man. Who would have saw this coming? I mean, it's not always this way, right? Like Sevilla. No, it's always Sevilla. It's always Sevilla. It's always Sevilla. Spanish. You wanted the one yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. It's usually a, a really good defensive Spanish side, and then either you know whatever team Jose Marino Mourinho is managing at the time is, is usually the opponent. So. I mean, it's like the worst Europa League final in a while, though. Like Sevilla, uh, Inter Milan. You, you say that, but like at the same time, Man United, Villarreal, Arsenal, Chelsea, Marseille, Atleti. Those were decent teams. Ajax, United, Sevilla, Liverpool. 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you say. Your definition of worse, right? Like these teams some, are bad. Yeah, but the some Ger- people. Eintracht some is like ninth in Germany. Yeah, but some people would say that like that's the beauty of tournament football is like that you can. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you a, but like you get a matchup like this. I'm not saying it's like bad as like a neutral. I'm just saying like the the quality. Like if you if if United of last year had to play Eintracht Frankfurt in the final, I mean, what would that line? I mean, United would be like yeah. laying a goal or goal yeah. and a half. You know, and, and the same thing for you know Sevilla or even that Chelsea team that that rattled that rolled Arsenal or uh, the Atleti team that rolled Payet and Marseille. And so that that's from an entirely different point of view. I don't see much between these two teams. Frankfurt's been weird with me all year because I've had them undervalued in the Bundesliga at various points of the season, and the same thing with the Europa League. And then they just got this really good draw of teams I really wanted to fade. Right. They got like Real Batiste to get to the to get to the quarters. A team, if you listen to this pod, you know I think it was very due to regress. Then they got Barcelona right at the peak of the Barca's back narrative when they were just crazy inflated in the market. And then they got West Ham, a team I'm also not fond of, uh, did enjoy the two-one match that Frankfurt beat them. And then they get they basically don't have to play the second leg because of the red card in the 10th minute. And so they were up a man and up a goal for 80 minutes of their second leg. And they really didn't control the match as much as you would expect a team who was up a goal and a man to do. And then they go this weekend, they play mines and there was nothing on the line, but they got pretty well handled in that match too, and, and snuck a draw. So it's a team that I have not been fond of in Frankfurt. And of course, Rangers, I don't bet the Scottish premier league, but like as far as their performances in Europe, I don't know what to make of them either. They beat Dortmund who didn't look like they cared. Then they pull off this crazy home win against Leipzig, where they're, they they played one of the best matches I've ever seen them play. Uh, and so how much of that was Leipzig being flat? How much of that was the home field advantage, which they clearly have up there at the Ibrox was absolutely bouncing. And, you know, they won't have that in Seville uh, on Wednesday. But overall, you look at the 538 ratings, BJ's power ratings. Uh, I don't project Scotland, so I don't have a number for this, but they're all pretty close to a toss up and the market likes Frankfurt here. And I'm not quite buying the Frankfurt hype either. So I'm going to say, if you have to play this, I'm probably not going to play it, but if you do play it, like there's a plus plus one twenty, one twenty five to lift the trophy on Rangers. I think this is a toss up. So I would lean toward the underdog and, and ride the, uh, the Rangers wave if I had to play it. But again, yeah, I'm probably sitting this one out. I do like the conference league more. So maybe we'll talk about that, but if we don't get to it, the Nord, against Jose is going to be a much more interesting matchup for me. All right, let's move on to our favorite bets uh, for the midweek. I'll go first. You know, this is our penultimate show of the Premier League season, so I'm going to go big. Uh, Leicester City plus 800. I just love the spot against Chelsea. Chelsea coming off an FA Cup final on Saturday. They lost in a shootout to Liverpool after 120 minutes. They should be dead tired. They've played a ton of soccer across the maybe basically around the world, right? Don't forget they played the... UEFA Club World Cup or whatever it is in in Dubai at some point against uh, a Brazilian club. I think that was in February. So they've been playing a ton of soccer across a ton of competitions, and with not all that not all that much at stake uh, for the Blues at home, I do see this as being a potentially sleepy spot for them. Leicester, we know they are a heavily flawed team, but they can still score. They can still give teams trouble. Eight to one is a big number here. Just considering the spot, it's a bet you're much more likely to lose than to win. But I just like the value on the Foxes in what is a terrific, terrific scheduling spot. Anthony, what is your favorite bet? Crystal Palace plus a half at minus 120 against your Toffees. 
I don't understand the market love for Everton. They have massive injury issues piling up now. Yuri Mina, Fabian Delph, best defender, best midfielder out. Ben Godfrey may be out. Their backup striker was given a red card. He's out. Starting striker looked injured at the end of the match today. He may be out. And so all these injuries are piling up. You have a Palace team who is clearly playing until the end of the season, trying to get in the top half of the table, fresh off of a good performance against Villa. And so while I understand that Palace has been worse on the road this year and their home road splits are pretty drastic, Palace should dominate the midfield in this match. They have the better defense and they should not be catching a half goal against Everton when they're clearly the better team. The market is just loving Everton because of their must-win narrative. I'm fading that and taking the Eagles plus a half. All right, uh, that does it for this episode of Wonder Goal. Uh, we will be back on Thursday morning to preview the final weekend of the Premier League season, uh, and then we'll do a Champions League final preview. BJ has said he will be back for both of those episodes. Uh, we can't wait to, to welcome him back with open arms. But until then, uh, we'll wish you best of luck with your bets this week, and hopefully by the next time you hear our voices, Everton will have secured their safety for next season. 